Hendricks Regional Health, your health care partner that has been nationally recognized for creating outstanding patient experiences, is proud to present Health Talks with HRH. Here's Melanie Cole. Many people get occasional heartburn, and it can be an uncomfortable feeling of burning or warmth in the chest. However, if it persists or happens often, it might be a sign of a more serious condition called GERD. My guest today is Dr. Jamie Albrecht. She's a family medicine physician at Hendricks Regional Health. Welcome to the show, Dr. Albrecht. Tell us a little bit about heartburn and GERD, and what is the difference between those two? Well, thank you for having me on your show. Uh, Heartburn and Acid reflux are two different things. Heartburn is a symptom or can be a symptom of acid reflux. So when you eat, food goes through your esophagus, a long tube into your stomach, and there's a little valve that's there, kind of like a gate, and it opens and closes to let food pass through. And if that gate doesn't close all the way, the acid that's in your stomach can come back up into your esophagus, and that's what we call acid reflux. And that's the symptom that you feel that you get that irritating and burning feeling in your chest that we call heartburn. So then when is it you term GERD, what we're feeling? Sure. When you have that symptom along with some of the other ones that some people will have with GERD, such as difficulty swallowing, or sometimes patients will complain of a cough that won't go away, or the feeling that the uh, food from your stomach is coming back up into your mouth or regurgitating. If you have those symptoms on a on a more regular basis, more than two or three times a week, then we'd call that GERD or gastroesophageal reflux disease. So then if somebody is suffering from this, how often would they notice it or would they notice it? Can it be silent? It can be silent. Some patients will have no symptoms of the burning part of it at all. Rather, they'll come in and say that they notice that they're getting a hoarse voice or that they're coughing more often than they usually were. Um, so it's not always just those heartburn-type symptoms that pe- people will have, but sometimes the heartburn can be so severe that it causes chest pain that people think they're having a heart attack, and that can cause them to go to the emergency room to find out that really it was just acid reflux causing those symptoms. So it can be mild and silent, or it can be pretty severe. Are there certain risk factors, people who are predisposed to suffering from GERD? The things that we commonly see in in patients who have GERD are are obesity. A lot of patients are overweight. That can cause more problems. People who are smokers can have issues more than people who are non-smokers. It's pretty common in patients who have asthma to have GERD. Um, Certain medications can cause issues as well. And then just dietary lifestyle factors too, like drinking a lot of coffee or caffeine, um, drinking more alcohol or carbonated drinks, or eating a lot of citrus or spicy foods those can contribute to it as well. So when does it require medical care? If patients are having symptoms more often than a few times a week and the usual things uh, like antacids you could buy over the counter or medications like Pepsid, if they're not helping, those would be reasons to come and see your doctor. Also, if you have some more serious side effects that we call red flags, things like weight loss that you can't explain, difficulty with swallowing either liquids or solid foods, um, blood in your stool or dark stools that could be a sign that you have maybe an ulcer that could be bleeding. Those would be reasons to go to see your doctor more quickly. So tell us first of all about the diagnosis. Do you take a history or is endoscopy usually what's required? Are you looking for complications, maybe Barrett's esophagus from this? Sure. If if patients come in and they've have any of those warning signs, or, I mean, they don't have any of those warning signs, then a lot of times we can take their history and find out what's going on and, al- and allow them to give medications a try first. 
um, if they've already tried the over-the-counter ones, we use medications like PPI or proton pump inhibitors, most commonly thought of, uh, people have heard of, omeprazole or the ones you can buy over-the-counter but also have prescription versions too. If they try those things and given a good course of them, they're still having symptoms, then we do get concerned with more other possible complications such as esophagitis or inflammation in the in the esophagus, which can lead to Barrett's esophagus, which is uh, changes in the lining of the esophagus that can lead to cancerous changes. So that's a big one that we want to make sure we're not missing. So then let's speak about some of the treatments, Dr. Albrick, because you mentioned proton pump inhibitors and some of those medications. If somebody is on these, is this a lifetime thing? Is this something that can be managed, maybe go away? How does that work? A lot of it is dependent on the patient's willingness to adhere to the changes in the lifestyle that they have to make, losing weight, stopping smoking, giving up um, coffee or alcohol, things that make it worse, um, not eating around bedtime and can all help too. And if those things you're able to do it, some patients are able to ward it off without having to stay on medicines long term, but it's kind of up to the patient if they're willing to make those changes or sometimes they end up do having to stay on medication. The other thing I forgot to mention too was um, people often take anti-inflammatory medications um, like Aleve, ibuprofen, and they don't realize that those medicines can cause a lot of irritation to their stomach. They're taking them every day for aches and pains or headaches. And if you've been on those for a while, they can certainly be another thing that can cause the reflux to worsen and then cause changes in the stomach that lead patients to come to the doctor for it too. Are there some things you'd like people to do to possibly prevent GERD and or to manage it at home, some things that you really tell people every single day? Yes, the number one is quitting smoking would be the first thing people can do, along with maintaining a healthy weight. So if they're overweight, we talk about ways to help them lose weight. The other things that we talk about are not overeating and then eating good foods, not fatty, greasy foods, but more high-protein, low-fat kind of meals, Um, avoiding excess alcohol can help too, and then other things that some patients will try are propping up the head of their bed a few inches so that when they sleep at night, they're more at an angle and that reflex is less, less likely to occur. And what about some of the other kinds of things people hear about trying vinegar or regulating the pH? Is there anything to that? There are. I mean, it is a change in the pH and some of the further studies that if a family doctor needs to refer to a specialist for some reason, that can be some of the other testing they'll do. But I, none of those treatments are well studied and there's no scientific background to them being beneficial. So in just the last few minutes, give us your best advice for people that think they may have heartburn and or GERD, what you really want them to know about it. The first things I would have them try are the things we've discussed for helping them manage it at home on their own as long as they're not having any of those warning signs of unexplained weight loss or difficulty swallowing vomiting all the time, um, if, if, they're, if they don't have those red flags and trying the things at home, like changing their diet and exercising, being a healthy lifestyle, those things can all, can all be the first steps to try, followed by trying things like over-the-counter antacids if they're helpful, or even medications, the H2 blocker medications like uh, ranitidine or Pepsid over-the-counter. But if they're still experiencing their symptoms two or three times a week despite trying all those things, then they need to come in and speak with their family physician about what they can try next and make sure that no other further testing is needed or prescription medications that may help them. We don't want them to get any of the complications that come with it. 
and those medications can help to prevent those. Tell the listeners why they should come to Hendricks Regional Health for their care. Here at Hendricks Regional Health, we have a great group of doctors from all specialties, starting with the primary care physicians that can help you figure things out. And if we need to refer you on to specialists, we have plenty of those here, too, that are well qualified to help patients figure out what's going on when we can't. Thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Albrook. It's such great information. You're listening to Health Talks with HRH. For more information, you can go to Hendricks.org. That's Hendricks.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.